the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And if you're in that place where you're in the cave, you're in the dungeon of despair, I really believe as clearly as I'm standing today that the God of the universe would speak into your life and he would say, what are you doing here? Welcome to The Barnabas Effect with Paul Purvis, Senior Pastor of Mission Hill Church, a multicultural, multi-generational, multiplying church focused on shining the light and love of Jesus like a city on a hill. You're invited to visit any of the three locations in Temple Terrace and Tampa. For information and locations, visit missionhill.org. That's missionhill.org. Now, with today's message, here's Pastor Paul Purvis pretty amazing. Remember there were all these prophets, 450 prophets of Baal, 400 prophets of Asher. When all this happened, you know what Elijah did? He had them killed. You guys are out of here. False prophets, bunch of fakes, fake news. He had them killed. And then, then God tells him to call down the rain. And this is what Elijah said. He said, I I hear the sound of an abundance of rain. Now, we can understand that, can't we? We're about to go into a few months of every afternoon. We'll hear the sound of abundance of rain. But here's what's interesting. Nobody heard the rain. Elijah said, I hear the sound of abundance of rain, but nobody heard the rain. In fact, Elijah called his servant, and he said, Hey, Zelvis, run over to the uh, sea and come back and tell me it's raining. And he came back and he said, hey, Elijah, it ain't raining. All the while, the the Bible says that Elijah, I'm not going to act this out, but it says he was knelt in prayer with his head between his legs. He said, go back. And the servant came back and said, no, it's not raining. Sorry to tell you, it's not raining. Seven times. The seventh time, the servant came back and he says, hey, way out in the sea, there's a cloud that looks like a little fist. I think the rain's coming. And all the while, Elijah's saying, I hear the sound of an abundance of rain. I hear the sound of an abundance of rain. I hear, see, Elijah saw it before he saw it. That's what faith is. Faith is not, I walk with God, I do for God, I live for God, just when I can figure it out, when I understand, when I see it. It's going forward when it doesn't even make sense to others because God is a God who does the impossible. That's what he did this morning in my Bible reading. I'm, I'm in Luke chapter 1, and, and I read about how God says to Mary, Hey, no big deal. I know you've not been with Joseph. It's not a big deal because nothing is impossible with me. That's who God is. That's what he, that's what he does. So the servant says, The rain's coming. And uh, 
Elijah says one more thing. Go tell the king, King Ahab, he better get in his buggy and start traveling. Because if he doesn't, he's not getting back to the palace before the storm comes. And so he goes, he, goes, <laughs> he tells him that. Ahab gets in the buggy, the chariot, he starts going back to the palace. And then you're not going to believe this. God gives Elijah supernatural speed. He turns him into the flash. It's amazing. He says he runs down the mountain. I've been on the top of that mountain. I've looked down in the valley. It's amazing. It says he runs down the mountain and he runs ahead of the chariot and beats him to the palace. Our God is able. Now, when we hear these stories, we tend to think, I shouldn't have used the example of the flash because we tend to think this is like Marvel comments or this is fiction now, listen to what the Bible says in James chapter 5 and verse 17. Elijah was as human as we are. See, God gives us these people so that we can re recognize that's what God does. He, he works through people like us. These aren't superheroes. They're sinful human beings just like us. And so the, the Bible says... When, when Elijah prayed, the, the rains came down and the earth began to yield its crops. What a great story. It seems like everything is great. And then all of a sudden, you're going to turn the pages to chapter 19 and you realize, oh, Elijah is human just like us. Because here's the deal. Every one of us is capable of moments of deep and dark despair. And the way out, the way back will always be to listen for the still small voice of the Lord and to hear the word of God. That's the one thing I want you to walk away with today. Every one of us is capable of moments of deep and dark despair. And the way out of that, if you're in that today, the way back, if you want to have a comeback from despair and depression and discouragement today, the comeback is going to be to listen for the still small voice of the Lord. And to hear the word of God. The servant of the Lord. The one whose master is the living of God. Has seen miracle after miracle after miracle. But notice what happens next. When Ahab got home, he told Jezebel everything Elijah had done. Including the way he killed all the prophets of Baal. So Jezebel sent this message to Elijah. May the God strike me and even kill me if by this time tomorrow I have not killed you just as you killed them. And Elijah was afraid and he fled for his life. This man who had just killed 850 false prophets is scared of one woman. Just try that on for size. Fear causes us to think irrationally. He went to Beersheba, a town in Judah, and he left his servant there. Then he went on alone to the wilderness, traveling all day. He sat down under a solitary broom tree, and he prayed that he might die. Listen to this prayer. I have had enough, Lord. Take my life. I'm no better than my ancestors who've already died. This is the guy who, when he spoke, God answered he raised the boy from the dead. He saw miracle after miracle filling his stomach. He called the fire down. Then he called the rain down. And now this woman's hurt his feelings. And he said, oh, God, just, I want to die. Just take me, take, me, take me home. And that's depression's prayer, by the way, for the, for the child of God. That's how it sounds. 
So, so don't think it's spiritual just to say, I'm, I just want to go on to heaven. No, that's usually a sign you're, you're struggling with discouragement or depression. Because while this world is not our permanent home, it's our temporary home. And when we get to the place, if we're healthy and we just say, hey, I'm just ready to go. What we're saying is, I, I don't like it here. I can't take it anymore. And that's exactly what he was doing. We always get into trouble when we think our problems are bigger than our God. Your biggest problem is still smaller than our big God. Then he lay down and he slept under the broom tree. Again, that's what depression does. You want to go, just go to bed. But he was sleeping and an angel touched him and told him, get up and eat. And he looked around and there beside his head was some bread baked on hot stones and a jar full of water. And he drank and he lay down again. And then the angel of the Lord came to him again. Now, this may be a theophany, just like we believe Moses had at the burning bush. This may have been Jesus himself in the Old Testament coming to him and talking to him. And he says, get up and eat, eat, eat some more. Or the, or the journey ahead will be too much for you. Now, what's he saying there? Hey, the reason you're going to get up, Elijah, is because you're about to go on a journey. And, and some of you, you're focused on what's going on in the cave. And so you're not even seeing that God's got a path for you. He's got a journey he wants to take you on. He's not finished. He's doing something fresh and new. So you got to get up. And so he got up and he ate and he drank. And the food gave him enough strength to travel 40 days and 40 nights to Mount Sinai, to the mountain of God. Now, we know he's going to a holy place, the mountain of God, but did you pick up on something? 40 days and 40 nights. Sometimes God's heard you. Sometimes God's working, and that still doesn't mean he's going to do things overnight. Sometimes the journey he has you on toward healing may be a process. You may need to spend some time in the wilderness in order for him to bring you through this. So there he came to a cave, <laughs> and he spent the night. It's like he had a magnetic draw to these places of depression. And some of you are that way. You, you came up and you, you're at, at church today or you're listening to this message today. Or you're, you're watching this. And, and yet, if, if you don't fight it, you can just turn this off. You're going to put this down. You're going to walk away and just go back to the cave. The Lord said to him, what, what are you doing here, Elijah? And so that same question I believe the Lord would ask of us, what, what are you doing? What, what do you really want to come out of this? How do you want things to change? Are you, are you going to be content just going through these motions? I know you're, you say you're discontent, but what are you really doing here? Notice the response. This is great. Elijah replied, I have zealously served the Lord God Almighty, but the people of Israel have broken their covenant with you. They've torn down your altars. They've killed every one of the prophets. I'm the only one left. Now they're trying to kill me too. Nobody loves me. Everybody hates me. I think I'm going to the garden and eating worms. Hi, I'm Paul Purvis, the lead pastor of Mission Hill Church right here in Tampa Bay. Thanks for taking the time to listen to today's The Barnabas Effect. It's a ministry intended to encourage, equip, and empower you. You may not know this, but this ministry is made possible because of the generosity of listeners like you. We are able to be on the air because listeners like you are gracious and give to this ministry. Would you consider making a gift today? It would be our honor to send you a gift, a resource, as a result of your gift of any size. And you can make that gift by going to missionhill.org and clicking on the banner that says The Barnabas Effect. That will direct you to a simple way that you can give right there online. Thanks again for listening to The Barnabas Effect today. And now we continue with our message. 
speaks to you, he's not going to do it the same way he did someone else. I think the reason we have the example that there was a fire, but the Lord wasn't in the fire is because he wanted Elijah to know, Elijah, I'm not coming to you in the fire like I did Moses. He doesn't always come in the same way. But he always comes when you call him. Elijah heard it. He wrapped his face in the cloak and he went out and he stood in the entrance of the cave and a voice said, What are you doing here, Elijah? <laughs> this is funny. Did you pick up on it? God's already asked him that. But he didn't get it. So God had to get his attention. So he had like a tornado come through. He had an earthquake come through. Then he had a forest fire come through. And then he whispers. What are you doing here, Elijah? The same thing he had said before. Think Elijah got it? Nope. He replied again. I have zealously served the Lord God. He, he must think God's just hard of hearing. I've zealously served the Lord God Almighty, but the people of Israel have broken their covenant with you, torn down your orders, they've killed every one of your prophets. I'm the only one left. Now they're trying to kill me. Then the Lord said to him, go back. Go back the same way you came. Travel to the wilderness of Damascus. When you arrive there, anoint Hazel to be king of Aram. Then anoint Jehu, grandson of Nimshi, to be king of Israel. Then anoint Elijah, son of Shaphat, to, from the town of Abel-Meholah, to, to replace you as my prophet. And anyone who escapes from Hazel will be killed by Jehu. And those who escape Jehu will be killed by Elijah. By the way, what's he saying? I'm going to take care of it all the way through. If I'm telling you to do something, I'm going to provide for you while I do it. If God asks you to live in obedience for him, he's going to give you the strength. He's going to give you the power. He's going to lift you up and help you do that. And then he says, and yet, by the way, I will preserve 7,000 others in Israel who have never bowed down to Baal or kissed him. So listen to this, big boy. You're not the only one. There's 7,000 others who they've been just as strong as you. And interestingly, by the way, no sign that God had to show up for them in this kind of way. Maybe they had greater faith than he had in this moment. So Elijah went and found Elisha, son of Shaphat, plowing a field. There were 12 teams of oxen in the field, and Elisha was plowing with the 12th team. And Elijah went over to him and threw his cloak on his shoulders and walked away. That's a way of saying in those times that you're going to take my role. You're now going to be the prophet of God. So Elijah left the oxen standing there. He ran after Elijah, and he said to him, First, let me go and kiss my father and mother goodbye, then I'll go with you. And Elijah replied, Go back, but think about what I've done to you. God was at work. Now remember our main truth. Everyone, say everyone. Every one of us is capable of these deep and dark moments of prayer, despair, depression, discouragement. But the way back, the comeback, the way out is always going to be to listen. For that still, small voice of the Lord. To hear the word of God. At the beginning of chapter 19, Elijah's depressed. Everything looked great on the outside. And on the inside, his soul was weary. There's victory on the outside. He just beat the king. But he was living defeated on the inside. He was winning on the outside, but he was filled with worry. On the inside. And that's where some of you are. And I just want you to know that. I know that not because I'm the Holy Spirit. I'm not. But I, I know that's because how, that's how we are. Particularly in rooms like this. We, we put our mask on. And we clean up. And, and, and somebody says, how are you doing? And you go, great, great, doing great. And 
but we're dying on the inside. And that's why I think we can learn from Elijah. In fact, there are some factors that I think led to Elijah's depression that you need to be aware of. One of them was exhaustion. And he had reason to be exhausted, right? We walked through everything that he had experienced. I mean, he was physically, probably mentally, emotionally, and even spiritually exhausted. And we've already learned that when you get worn out, goodness, get burned out, often you fall out. That's why God created the Sabbath, so that, that we could rest. You, you're, nobody's the Energizer Bunny. You can't go and go and go and think everything's going to be okay. You either are going to fall into disobedience or you're going to fall into depression. That's why Jesus, even Jesus, would pull apart from the crowds just to spend time with the Father. Because he taught us if you don't come apart, you will come apart. Exhaustion. Then there's fear and and worry. This is why scripture tells us not to fear. 365 plus times, more than once a day, you could say, you could hear God say to you, do not fear. That's why Jesus would say, why are you creatures worrying? I made everything. The birds, you know how they fly? I put them in the air. You know those flowers you like? You cut them down and you put them in the vases even way back then. We have the ceramics that, where they put flowers in vases. You know how you do that? Because I made them grow out of the ground. But they're not the crown of my creation. You are. Why, why are you worried? That's why Paul would say, hey, church, be anxious for nothing but in everything. Say everything. everything. With prayer and supplication, make your request known to God with thanksgiving. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding... The peace of God from the Prince of Peace, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your heart and your mind through Christ Jesus. And so when you give in to this, when you get overcome with exhaustion and you begin to worry all the time, depression has all these physical symptoms. You, you have sleep issues. You, you begin to care less. You have, you're apathetic about the world. You, you don't even eat. You don't want to eat. You have, you, you have loss of appetite. If you're married, you, you may have intimacy issues. You, you don't want to be physically together. You go through physical pain, back pains, migraines, headaches, all these things. And then, of course, emotional pain. All of these things just manifested through depression. So you see the path he's on. He was exhausted. He was fearful. And then he was isolated. Because that's what we do, right? We pull back from others or we push them away. It's just a sign of depression. I don't want to be around you. I don't have the energy. I don't have anything left to give to anybody else is the way we say it. But being alone just makes us more depressed because you weren't created to be alone. And then in Elijah we see assumption. You know what I mean by that? He just assumed that he had the answers. He assumed he was the only one left. He assumed nobody could understand. It's a glass half empty attitude. Just always walking around negative. Always finding a reason why this won't work. Why this can't be okay. And all of this I think also comes back to perspective. See, what we see in chapter 17 and chapter 18, seven different times it says, Elijah listened to the word of the Lord. And God did the miraculous. But now he's not listening to the word of the Lord. (laughs) 
He's listening to the voices in his head. You better run. Jezebel's going to beat you. He's taking his eyes off God and he puts his eyes on the circumstances. And when your perspective changes in that way, it's going to lead you into depression. So remember God's question. Through that path, what are you doing here? What are you doing here, Elijah? Because everyone, even these mighty prophets of God, everyone, say everyone, everyone's capable of moments of deep and dark despair. And the way out, the way back will always be to listen for the still small voice of the Lord, to hear the word of God. So what does the Lord say to us in those moments? What does God say in the midst of despair? This is great because it's straight off the pages of scripture and it's easy. You ready? First of all, he says, get up. See, when we're, disp- when we're depressed, we don't want to get up. One of the signs of depression is you just want to pull the covers in over your head. You just want to sleep. You want to stay in bed. You're tired. He says, get up. Because there's a point. Remember, you've got to make a choice. There's a point where you've got to decide, am I content to be discontent? Or am I going to get the help I need? So he says, get up. And then he says, go out. Because he knows if he got up, number one, he better watch his head because he's in a cave. But if he doesn't go out, he's still in the cave. So it's not just getting up. It's understanding you've got to go back out into the world. Some of you, that means you've got to get back into a Bible study group. You've you got to be more faithful worshiping. Some of you that are maybe even watching this, you've come to a place where this fear of this disease has so crippled you that you're not even getting out of your home and, and that fear and that worry is causing you more pain, more illness than the virus could possibly cause. And he might be saying, get out. And then he says something interesting. He says, go back. Now, why does he say go back? He's telling him to go back where you've come from. What would he do if he went back where he came from? He would remember how God worked in his past. And the first thing you remember about what God's done in your past, if you're a child of God, is that he saved you. He picked you up, he turned you around, he put your feet on solid ground. You are changed. So maybe you just need to be reminded, according to Scripture, of what that means. If you are a child of God, you're not what the devil says you are. You know what? You're not what those people that don't like you say you are. You're not what the ungodly say you are. If you are a child of God, that means you are created in the image of God. You're God's image bearer. You are a new creation. All the old has gone away. The Bible calls you a friend of God. It calls you a saint. That is who you are. Go back and look and see who God has made you and then look at what he's done. Think about those times he's answered your prayer. And then get busy. Because he's got something for you to do. See, one of the things that happens in depression is we turn inward and we stop doing. And I just want to remind you that we believe scripturally that when God saves you, he doesn't save you just to sit and soak it in. He, see, he saves you to serve. He saves you to be sent. And, and some of you, if you poured out, it would help you. Because when you just sit and you soak, what happens? You sour. And some of you, the souring in your life is because you've not given out. You're not giving back. And and then he says, get together. He says, go find Elijah. In other words, I've got a friend for you. I've got a friend for you. So he's saying, hey, you don't have to do this alone. I've got 
somebody to help you. You were never intended to do this alone. We are better together, church. We're better as we come together and realize one day I'm going to be limping or one day you're going to be hoarse or someday you're not going to be able to go forward. But together we carry one another and we encourage one another and we equip one another and we bless one another and we're better together. Because every one of us is capable of moments of deep and dark despair and the way out or the way back will always be to listen for the still, small voice of the Lord. You've been listening to The Barnabas Effect with Pastor Paul Purvis. The Barnabas Effect is here to provide listeners like you with biblical truth and spiritual encouragement. But it can't be done without your financial support. Go to missionhill.org and click on the Give tab. Your financial support helps us reach those seeking truth about God and themselves. Thank you for giving at missionhill.org. And join us weekdays at 9 a.m. for The Barnabas Effect with Pastor Paul Purvis on Faith Talk AM 570 and 910.